Law Enforcement Today radio show. I'm your host. My name's John J. Wiley. In addition to being a radio broadcaster, I'm a retired Baltimore police sergeant. In the Law Enforcement Today radio show, we are joined by special guests. We'll be talking about their experiences and issues affecting law enforcement officers, their families, and the community. We'll also be discussing issues in the news from the perspective of those in law enforcement. Check out our daily articles on our website, lawenforcementtoday.com. And while you're there, download our free app. Be sure to like and follow us on Facebook. Search for Law Enforcement Today Radio Show. Her husband, a sheriff's deputy, was killed in the line of duty. She has become an advocate for other survivors across the United States. She's an author, published many articles on Law Enforcement Today, an avid triathlete, and she's coming up on a Law Enforcement Today show. The Law Enforcement Today radio show is brought to you in part by Transformations Treatment Center. Call 888-991-9725 online at transformationstreatment.center. Transformations Treatment Center provides a comprehensive range of treatments for addiction, substance abuse, co-occurring mental health disorders, and PTSD. Transformations Treatment Center has a nationally acclaimed veterans and first responders treatment program offering rehabilitation and holistic treatment for all those suffering from substance abuse problems. Law enforcement, firefighters, veterans, and all first responders receive the dedicated and highly specialized treatment they need at Transformations. Their program features first responders and veterans therapists helping first responders and veterans. Transformations Treatment Center. Call 888-991-9725. That's 888-991-9725 online at transformationstreatment.center. Calling us from uh, Arizona, Sherry Graham Potter. Before I put Sherry on the phone, I want to let you know, Sherry is an author. She's an avid triathlete, which I'll be honest with you, I don't understand whatsoever. My running days are long, long gone. Uh, She's written many articles on law enforcement today. Check it out, uh, lawenforcementtoday.com. Just search for Sherry Graham Potter. Potter. Sherry, thanks for joining us on Law Enforcement Today's show. Thank you so much, Jay. It is such a pleasure to be here. It's good to have you here. Before we get into a lot of the details about what you write, I want to let people know ahead of time. Sherry is what the terminology used in the police world or law enforcement world is she's a survivor, meaning she is a widow. Her husband was a police officer or actually was a deputy sheriff who was killed in line of duty. So he's a term survivor quite often. I don't want people to get confused and uh, when we say that but as has been the case with every survivor i've had on the show i guarantee you this will be a much easier interview for you than it will be for me i don't know why i still feel uncomfortable talking about these things i still feel very uncomfortable talking with survivors and so i will muddle my way through the best i can (laughs) well i i really hope you don't feel uncomfortable and like i told you earlier jay there is no question that's off limits for me. I've been doing this a very long time, and I think a lot of the healing in being a survivor comes from having the ability to tell our story, to tell what our perspective is and what we went through, and, and sort of try and help other newer survivors know that the path is long and the path is hard, but the but the path gets easier and it gets better. And I think uh, as a more seasoned survivor, it's sort of, one of my duties to let these these people that are struggling and in a lot of pain know that 
things do get better. And in a lot of ways, giving back is one of the ways that you do heal from something like that. And unfortunately, this is not going to end. There has been no let up in the amount of law enforcement officers killed in line of duty over since I was a rookie police back in 1980. And in my department, I lost count of how many there were. And I've had several guests on the show. Uh, two were friends of mine. Uh, one was a guy I went to the police academy with. His son, who was a Baltimore County officer named Jason Schneider, was killed in line of duty. And I was very uncomfortable. I didn't know what to say. I called his father, Chuck, up. Uh, we've been known each other since 1980 in the police academy. And I said, look, I don't know what to say. I'm just your friend, so I'm here to talk about whatever you want to talk about. Because I realized what happens is the first instinct is I'm afraid I'm going to say something wrong and make the situation worse, which in reality, you can't make it worse. So I don't say anything at all. And I'm not alone. A lot of people do that. Oh, absolutely. And I, you know, I, I think, I think it's so difficult for people because they think they're going to say the wrong thing. And I think human nature also sort of almost makes people back off from us and, and in their fear in saying something wrong to us, sometimes they retreat from us. And then that's a very confusing thing for a survivor. Honestly, at the end of the day, you don't even have to say anything except I'm sorry. Even that is just enough. Even just sitting with somebody who's going through something like this. There, there is no perfect thing to say. There are a lot of platitudes and, and, and that type of thing. But honestly, just the I'm sorry and the I can't imagine what you're going through is, is enough to just let us know that you're there. Two of the things I hear from so many survivors, whether it be siblings, whether it be children, whether it be spouses, of officers killed in line of duty is two things. One is they want that fallen officer to be remembered. They don't want people to forget about them. And not just that they were a law enforcement officer, but they were a human being and a family member and they were loved and they had hobbies and passions and things like that. And the other was that so many of us in law enforcement, they're part of the blue family that when this happens after the funeral's over a couple of months later, people tend to abandon them. And so I'm trying to get better at just getting the word out there. Hey, let's, let's get uncomfortable. Let's, let's realize it's an uncomfortable conversation and let's keep them as part of our family and let's keep talking to them. Oh, I, I, I just think that's wonderful. And there, there is definitely a balance in the beginning. When we lose an officer, we are just inundated with people for, for weeks. And then all of a sudden the day comes and, and everybody naturally goes kind of back to their lives. And, and then you have this moment where you look around and you're alone and you think to yourself, Oh my God, what am I going to do next? And so that, that's a natural progression of it, and it's, it's a difficult one, and it slaps you in the face when that moment happens, but it has to happen because you have to figure out how you're going to go forward. And you do want that person that you lost to always be remembered. And one of the things that I absolutely love, even 13, 14 years down the road, I love it when people come and tell me stories about Tim. And I love that they're more comfortable doing that. And I really want to encourage listeners who are listening to this now, even with new survivors, we love to hear about the person that we love and that we lost. Don't avoid telling us those stories. It doesn't make us sad. It makes us happy because they touched your life, and you're telling me a story about how they touched your life. You're killing me here. You're making me sad. (laughs) And I know that's not your intention, but that's that's what happens. And and the reality is there are so many officers that were killed in line of duty in my department that two of them 
One was very, very close, and one I felt a, a closeness to because of the circumstances with his death. All of them were difficult. All of them are very emotional, even yeah. if I didn't know them. But those two, even to this day, still bring up a lot of emotions. So when we talk about even people like your husband, who I did not know, it brings up all those memories. It brings up all those emotions to the surface as if it was like yesterday. Oh, absolutely. You know, losing an officer in the line of duty is such a unique experience. And I tell people that a lot. There's so much tradition and everything that's surrounding it. And, I, and, I, and so many of those things just stay with you. All, there are so many things I remember about Tim's memorial service and, you know, the riderless horse and, and all of those little aspects that are very traditional within the law enforcement community. But I, Tim and I had only been married a month when he was killed. I, and I had very little experience with law enforcement. So all of these things were absolutely stunning to me. But those are the things that I recall, and I think those are the things that all of his fellow officers and his squad mates and everything recall when they, when they think about that event. And it is. It's very emotionally stirring, and it still is to me today. I attend a lot of funerals because I do a lot of work with survivors, and it doesn't get easier. No, and you're actually involved with a group I'm very, very fond of, Concerns <laughs> of Police Survivors, also known as COPS. Uh, yes. We will tell more people. We'll tell people more about that in a few moments. Before we go to break, what is their website? Concernsofpolicesurvivors.com. We're talking with Sherry Graham Potter. This is the Law Enforcement Today Show. We're going to take a short break. We'll be right back. Got an old car? You can donate it, whether it's running or not, to the United Breast Cancer Foundation and save a life. They'll even come and pick it up for free. The United Breast Cancer Foundation has saved hundreds of women's lives through their free or low-cost breast screen exams. But now they need your help. The United Breast Cancer Foundation wants to save more lives through early detection by offering women free or low-cost breast screening exams. And donating your old car, SUV, or truck, whether it's running or not, helps pay for them. Plus, you get a charitable tax deduction. Help the United Breast Cancer Foundation save lives by donating your old car, SUV, or truck. Call now for free pickup. 800-280-9435-800-280-9435-800-280-9435. Call right now. That number again is 800-280-9435. We all know that law enforcement, first responders, and military have dangerous jobs. They see and experience traumas that most can't even imagine. And all too often, that takes a toll leading to substance abuse, PTSD, and co-occurring mental health disorders. Transformations Treatment Center is dedicated to helping protect those who protect. Call 888-991-9725 online at transformationstreatment.center. Transformations Treatment Center provides a comprehensive range of treatments for addiction, substance abuse, co-occurring mental health disorders, and PTSD. Transformations Treatment Center has a nationally acclaimed veterans and first responders treatment program, offering rehabilitation and holistic treatment for all those suffering from substance abuse problems. Law enforcement, firefighters, veterans, and all first responders receive the dedicated and highly specialized treatment they need at Transformations. Their program features first responders and veterans therapists helping first responders and veterans. Transformations Treatment Center. Call 888-991-9725. That's 888-991-9725. 
888-900-9725. Online at transformationstreatment.center. Americans are going crazy for a new Italian diet pill that burns three times more fat than dieting alone. And the next 100 callers get three bottles for free. Sold under the brand name Invigorate 3X, this powerful pill triggers metabolic acceleration, a process that's deficient to most Americans, making weight loss a hassle. But a new study shows 30 pounds gone in 90 days with just two capsules a day. Julie B. of Nashville says, I was skeptical, but when I saw a famous doctor made it, I decided to try it. I was shocked. I lost 16 pounds in six weeks. For a limited time, our listeners get three free bottles with a qualifying order. Call 1-800-932-1786 now to get started. Call in the next 10 minutes and also get a free bottle of the doctor's Ultra Detox. And don't forget your free 14-day diet fix. No obligation and 100% free when you call right now. 800-932-1786 When you have a chance, be sure to go to our website, lawenforcementtoday.com, and download our free mobile app. We have a version for your Android and iPhone devices. It's 100% free. Get it at lawenforcementtoday.com. This is the Law Enforcement Today Show. We are joined, special guest calling from Arizona, Sherry Graham Potter. Sherry's husband was a deputy sheriff. I believe it was Pima County, uh, Arizona. Right. He was killed in line of duty. And this is where it gets very uncomfortable. So if I stumble my way through this, please um, realize it's just, it's not an easy conversation. And before we go into details about your husband and your life, where you're at now, what it took to get there, I really want people to understand uh, whether you're in law enforcement, if you were a survivor and you want to tell your story, we'll make law enforcement your platform. I want people who are members of the community who aren't in law enforcement, don't have family members in law enforcement, to realize you're going to get a firsthand look into what these law enforcement officers were like with their families and what the impact is, not just on their family members, but the entire community. And in many respects, across the United States, when one of them is killed in line of duty, it has a tremendous impact on us all around the United States when it happens. And I wish there was a way we could make it stop, but there is no way to do this job and have it be totally safe all the time. So, so true. You know, unfortunately, uh, the law enforcement memorial in Washington, D.C. will never stop growing like, like many, many other memorials do all the war memorials and everything, they have an end date to those. And, and this will just, this is a law enforcement memorial that will continue to grow and at, names will be continually etched into it. And that's really hard to wrap your head around, especially if you know people in law enforcement and you love people in law enforcement. It's a scary, it's a scary perspective to know that this is just not going to come to an end at any time soon. I'm retired but, from the Baltimore Police okay. Department and, and moved back to Maryland for radio, uh, my wife and I. And I did not go to the National Law Enforcement Memorial for many, many years because I was afraid. Uh, I oh. did not want to go. I, was, I wanted to, but I was afraid. I finally went with my wife one day, and I can tell you it was an incredibly emotional experience but also very healing as well. It is, that's, a, that's very well put, because um, I really hesitated to go back for National Police Week after Tim was killed as well. It scared me to death, and I knew it was going to be emotional. And that, that week that new survivors spend there in Washington, D.C., honoring their loved ones is, 
it, you experience every type of emotion you can imagine. But it is, in the sense that it is so difficult to do, it is also, I believe, so important to do it because it is such a healing thing. Seeing Tim's name on that wall and, and running my fingers over his name etched in that wall was such a profound moment for me. And it was sort of almost, in a way, a new beginning for me because I knew now I had to find a way to move on because that's what he would have wanted. And I think every single person that's lost an officer when they really think about it understand that what that officer wants is for them to remember them, their officer, but also to carry on. And that's the legacy they want for our, you know, the family members that remain behind. I think it's really, really important. I can just tell you from my own experience that if that had happened, and my first wife, we did talk about it, I wanted her to continue on and have a full life as possible. I wouldn't want her to, and I'm gonna say her, that was just my experience. I wouldn't want any spouse to feel like they have to sit and suffer and mourn for the rest of their lives. We want them to have a full, active, productive, happy, purposeful life as best as can be done. No, that is absolutely true. Tim was 30 years old when he died. And we, thankfully, had had this conversation uh, prior to his death. And, and that was one of the first things he said to me. I, I would, it would kill me, although that sounds weird, to know that, you, you weren't able to move on and weren't able to find joy and peace and happiness in your life again. And that was the one thing, especially in the very beginning, that I always tried to keep in the back of my head. Tim was a wonderful, fun-loving guy. He was, he was really, if you knew him outside of his job, you would never believe that he did that for a living. He was just fun and crazy. And um, the last thing that I think he would ever want for anybody that he loves is for them to suffer. Yeah, I, I would not want that. I'm glad that you are, you're giving back, you're helping others, but from what I know of you, you have a very full active life, you're remarried, you're doing well, and that's the whole point of this, is helping people get beyond, you can't make life like it was before. So you find out, how do I get beyond this and have as good a life as possible? And we're going to talk about that in a few moments. But right now, I, I want to talk about Tim. Uh, tell us uh, about him. He said he was wild, crazy, fun. And you guys were newlyweds when he was killed. We were. We were. Um, and actually, we wouldn't have been except for sort of an off-the-cuff last-minute trip that we took to Las Vegas um, a month before he was killed. We flew out there just to have some fun and uh, we were sitting at a blackjack table one night, and there was this British couple that were uh, at the table with us, and we were chatting with them. They were on their honeymoon, and they'd been traveling through the United States for a couple months, and, and they were just about to leave a couple days after. And they said the one thing they wanted to do was see somebody get married in Las Vegas. And Tim and I had been engaged for about a year, and we'd just been putting off setting a date. And so he looked at me, and this is just the absolute perfect epitome of who Tim was. He looked at me and said, let's do it. And we did. We went with that. We got in a limousine. We went to a chapel, and we got married that night. And 31 days later, he was dead. This is an amazing story. First thing that came to mind is Viva Las Vegas. I don't know why. (laughs) But... I'm, I'm glad you shared that with us. And now the real awkward part is, uh, so what happened? Uh, his Oh, how he was killed? Yeah. That, that's another very unusual story. Um, Tim had 
had some contact with a gentleman who, he was a, he was a young kid in his early 20s. He had just been released from one of the local uh, mental hospitals here in town. Uh, had struggled, I guess, with mental illness and drug abuse for a huge portion of his life. And he had just been released, and he was causing some problems, I believe, at his grandmother's house. Tim came out and sort of diffused the situation and made a little bit of a connection with this this kid and uh, went on his way. And then a little bit later in the evening, he was called back out again to make contact with this same gentleman who became very combative when Tim tried to sit him down and talk to him. So for his safety and for Tim's, Tim tried to cuff him. Well, that really escalated, and, and he had one cuff on and and the kid kind of ran away from him across the street and he was trying to gain access into some cars that were driving along in this intersection. Tim sort of pursued him, caught up to him in a median, then a real big struggle ensued. A taxi cab driver, oddly enough, pulled over, saw the struggle going on, got out of his car, ran over to assist Tim. The the struggle became even more violent rolled into the street, and a this poor, unsuspecting grandfather and his grandson were in a pretty large truck and came over a hill and just weren't able to stop in time and hit all three men, and all three of them died on the scene. Wow. Yeah. It's not the typical scenario we think of when an officer is killed in line of duty. No. But, but so no, often... Yeah, the, the number one killer, I don't want to say number one, but one of the frequent killers of law enforcement officers are traffic accidents. Correct. And yeah, we it's, always it's think almost it's, always number yeah, one. And we, we usually think of it as a car a pursuit or you're on the side of the road with a car stop. We've had many of those where you get rear-rended or clipped by another vehicle. Yeah. Uh, but it's, being in many, many foot pursuits when I was in the Baltimore Police Department, there were some close calls where you're running down a street and you've, you've got a single vision where you're chasing the, the person you're chasing and a, a car's coming along and you almost get struck. And, and part of me inside, when you told that story, cringed because oh, yeah. I don't know of anybody in law enforcement that hasn't been in that situation where they've been rolling on the ground, fighting with someone into the street or in a foot pursuit and, and it gets a close call. And it's something right, you can't, right. I don't care what kind of training you have or what kind of instincts you have, wh- what kind of great cop you think you are. You can't stop a 3,000 pound vehicle or 4,000 pound vehicle going 50 miles an hour. You can't do it. Right. I mean, you know, even physiologically, you, you, your focus narrows so much when you're in sort of that fight or flight situation. And I think that you know, there's just no way that you can be aware of trying to deal with this suspect and also be have full awareness of what's going on around you. And from everything that I understand, there is no way, there is nothing that could have been done. This was, this happened so quickly and it was, it was a freeway. And so it was, you know, the speed limit was pretty high. And this poor man, I, I've always felt so terrible for him. And then, you know, honestly, when I read the police report, the hardest thing for me to read was uh, the interview with the, his eight-year-old grandson who was oh. in the car. We're going to take a short break. Uh, we come back, return our conversation with uh, Sherry Graham Potter. This is the Law Enforcement Today Show. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. 
Attention to anyone that's written a book or wants to write a book. The process is not that complicated. Take a first step. Even if you write a page a day, you'll build momentum and your book will become a reality. The hard part is getting it published. That's when you need to call Page Publishing. They've got hundreds and hundreds of thank yous from different new authors, just like you. They make the process of publishing your new book and getting it sold online a simple process. You can learn how simple it is right now by calling for your free Page Publishing new author submission kit. One quick three-minute phone call, that's all it takes to get free information and learn how you can get your book published. Pick up your phone right now and call us 24 hours a day at this number, 800-589-1848. That's 800-589-1848. Epidemic. America's public health crisis. These are all terms that describe the current problem of drug and alcohol abuse in the United States. Countless lives are lost and heartbroken families are too many to count. Transformations Treatment Center is dedicated to saving lives. Call 888-991-9725 and online at transformationstreatment.center. Transformations Treatment Center provides a comprehensive range of treatments for addiction, substance abuse, co-occurring mental health disorders, and PTSD. Transformations Treatment Center has many acclaimed treatment programs offering rehabilitation and holistic treatment for all those suffering from substance abuse problems. Transformations Treatment Center. Call 888-991-9725. That's 888-991-9725. And online at transformationstreatment.center. When you have a chance, be sure to go to our website, lawenforcementtoday.com, and download our free mobile app. We have a version for your Android and iPhone devices. It's 100% free. Get it at lawenforcementtoday.com. This portion of the Law Enforcement Today radio show is brought to you in part by Pet Rescue Life Facebook page. Everyone's welcome at the Pet Rescue Life Facebook page, where you'll find fun, informative, and enjoyable posts daily. Purebred, mixed breeds, rescues, we love them all. Be sure to like the Pet Rescue Life Facebook page. Back to our conversation with Sherry Graham Potter on the Law Enforcement Today show. Sherry's first husband was a Pima County Sheriff's deputy who was struck and killed in an accident and uh, died in the line of duty. And when we left the conversation earlier, you're talking about your husband and a taxi cab driver were trying to subdue this emotionally disturbed individual, rolled down the street, and a truck could not stop struck all three and killed all three. Yes, yes. And uh, it took me a long time before I had the courage to sit down and, and read through the report, uh, of the investigation of his death. But, you know, as, as all the things in that report that struck me the hardest, it, it was the eight-year-old grandson who was in the vehicle uh, that killed all three of the men, unintentionally, obviously, but uh, he, throughout his interview with the detective, he, he just kept asking over and over again, is the policeman okay? Oh. And it broke my heart 
because he'll never forget that. And he was such an innocent little boy, and none of that was his fault. And I just, oh, I bet he carries that around with me, just kills me. Yeah, I, 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 can, I, I can get that. I understand that. Uh, I can't, well, understand is a bad word. I can't understand because I didn't go through it, but I, I guess I have empathy that, uh, and that's why they call these things accidents. They, they happen. Right. You can be doing everything right. You can be driving down the street, paying attention, not speeding, got the seatbelts on, do everything the right way possible not be intoxicated not be distracted and cannot prevent something like this from happening and it can happen to any of us oh absolutely i mean and never never once in the 14 years since this happened have i ever blamed that driver i mean he had no way to avoid it the the um investigation clearly showed that and so i i just i hate that that had to happen to somebody because i can't even imagine and I feel what badly for uh, them that they carry around some guilt. I mean, I have survivor's guilt over stuff that happened that I was powerless to do anything about, but that doesn't make it easier. Oh, uh, sure. It doesn't make that go away. So to be in their predicament, in their situation, I, I can't even begin to understand what that's like. No, I mean, that's what makes Tim's situation so unique. And then also the family of the taxi cab driver who was attempting to help him. I, you know, I mean, he, had, he didn't need to do that. I mean, what a brave, courageous thing that he did, make that decision, that split-second decision that he made to go and help this man. He didn't know. He didn't know anything about him, but he decided to help my husband that day. And it killed him. Yeah. And that's what happened. And I, I, if his family is listening, please accept uh, my my thank you for what he did. Um, my condolences, as well, and of course, my condolences to you and, and your family. So I imagine the scenario we were always taught and always told my wife at the time is, if I'm hurt and I'm a, I'm going to make it through, I'll call you. Uh, yeah. If someone shows up at your door and it's a police officer or two, it's bad, and my life's either in really bad danger or i'm already dead was that what happened in your case yes yes that is what happened uh they were he was killed about eight in the evening so they were trying to beat the news they were trying to get to me before that aired um the funny thing is in their hurry to get to me they sent two plainclothes officers uh in unmarked vehicles so i had no idea who was standing at my door okay and so that was a little bit of an unusual situation. And I really, and the, and the chaplain that was with Tim's lieutenant, who I'd never met, uh, had a Bible in his hand. And so I thought they were Jehovah's Witnesses. So we had this sort of, it's, it's somewhat amusing now, but at the time we had this sort of back and forth where I couldn't understand why these Jehovah's Witnesses knew my name. And so it was, it was a very unusual situation, but, but they finally... I finally kind of figured it out. And then, it you know, your brain does funny things when it tries to protect you. And so it took me quite a long time to understand what they were saying to me. And so uh, that was pretty traumatic. And we talked about it a little bit. But again, we ha- you know, I hadn't been in the law enforcement community that long. And so I-, I hadn't even really gotten it straight in my head that that's how it would happen. And so... It- uh, it took me a little bit longer than I think it would take a lot of police wives who have a little more, more experience. At some point, though, it became crystal clear. Yes. Yes. And, uh, wow, that's a moment I'll, 
I wish I could do away with, but yeah, it did. And because I kept telling myself, okay, we just need to get to the hospital. And I kept trying to talk them into taking me to the hospital and, and that just wasn't happening. So then, then it just becomes about telling everybody else. And I think telling, I had two sons from my first marriage who were seven and 10 at the time Tim was killed and sitting down and telling them, and they absolutely adored Tim. He was a kid himself, and so, I mean, they just, they loved him to pieces, and having to tell them that was the hardest part of everything. There's no book written on what to do or what to say. I, I've never seen it. No. Uh, we're always taught procedures and general regulations and, and rules that we're supposed to do in the event this occurred, but none of them handled the conversations you have with that loved one. As a police officer, and it was a friend's wife or, or their spouse, and I never knew what to say. So I can only begin to imagine how you had that conversation with your sons and other family members. Oh, well, I mean, it's not anything I'd wish on anybody. Um, you know, a lot of people found out through the news, and, and um, you know, I was just more getting to my immediate family members before they saw it, and, and that's hugely challenging. Even this was kind of before social media exploded, and so I, I didn't have them having to race to beat social media, but now... We have families finding out about the death of their officer on social media, on yeah, Facebook. That can't. And that, uh, you know, that's a huge issue. That's something that we don't do, and I'm very sensitive to. Robert right. Greenberg is also very sensitive to it. Everybody involved yeah. with law enforcement is very sensitive to it. And we'll put up a story about an officer that is was shot or was struck by a vehicle, or whatever it might be. And we won't purposely say their name because of the notification even if we have an idea who it is and then someone and i always want to i always want to say what kind of jackhammer fool are you well in the comments go i was so and so and they died and i oh, i just yeah. want to reach to the keyboard and go and throttle them what is the matter with you i know like it's not challenging enough as it is but then we have to add this layer onto it and so you know these these agencies are tr- desperately trying to get to these family members before you know, some cop's wife, and I'm not saying that disparagingly. I don't think they do it intentionally. It's just they don't really think about the ramifications they before they write it down. But, uh, you know, a lot of times an officer's on the scene or whatever, and they'll call their family because they're feeling really vulnerable, and so they'll, you know, say it to their wife or whatever, and then, you know, the wife freaks out and puts it on Twitter or something. And and so, you know, that's something that we, as a in the law enforcement community, kind of have to get that message out there to other officers and spouses and family members that it is not your job to notify the family. Right. And I, it, that also carries uh, over to everybody in their first responder family, our firefighters, our EMTs, EMS, corrections officers, and military. Absolutely. We hear about something bad happens in Afghanistan, and, and people do the same thing. We've had situations in the past where news crews, and we've actually had to talk to them on the scene, and I wasn't as calm as I am now, where you cannot air that footage of this officer being hurt. In my case, it wasn't ever someone was killed, but they would want to air the footage of, of the body. We're like, you cannot do that. You've got to have some sort of common decency and understand their family members, their loved ones, are going to see these images and they're going to never go away. When they're put on social media, they never 
ever go away. This is the Law Enforcement Today Show. We are talking with Sherry Graham Potter. Uh, We'll be right back. Are you working so hard to make a living you can't take time to make any real money? Is every day the same boring routine going nowhere and the money runs out before the month? My name is Ron Legrand, and for over 35 years now, I've been helping clients take their life back by buying and selling houses with no money, credit, experience, or license. If you'll call 800-956-0677, 24 hours, and leave a message, I'll send you my new book and CD absolutely free so you can see how. I've bought hundreds of houses and trained thousands to do the same. Call 800 956 0677 get your free starter kit until 500 are gone you'll learn how to make a full-time income on a part-time basis without risk largely tax-free and get 90 percent of the work done for you for pennies that's 800-956-0677 800-956-0677 again 800-956-0677 that's 800-956-0677 americans are going crazy for a new italian diet pill that burns three times more fat than dieting alone and the next one 100 callers get three bottles for free. Sold under the brand name Invigorate 3X. This powerful pill triggers metabolic acceleration, a process that's deficient to most Americans, making weight loss a hassle. But a new study shows 30 pounds gone in 90 days with just two capsules a day. Julie B. of Nashville says, I was skeptical, but when I saw a famous doctor made it, I decided to try it. I was shocked. I lost 16 pounds in six weeks. For a limited time, our listeners get three free bottles with a qualifying order. Call 1-800-932-1786 now to get started. Call in the next 10 minutes and also get a free bottle of the doctor's Ultra Detox. And don't forget your free 14-day diet fix. No obligation and 100% free when you call right now. 800-932-1786. 800 932 1786. Return to our conversation with Sherry Graham Potter. Sherry is a survivor. Her first husband, Tim Graham, was a Pima County, Arizona deputy sheriff, was killed in line of duty. When did that happen, Sherry? What was the date? August 10th, 2005. And that's in our circles you'll see like on lawenforcetoday.com on our facebook page when an officer is killed on line of duty uh use the initials eow or end of watch and uh, that would be his end of watch uh and that means a a lot to us and that's part of the traditions that go on and on And, and i'll be honest with you i have a hard time listening to bagpipes uh, if someone plays bagpipes with Amazing Grace, that's it. I'm, it doesn't matter where I am. I'm, I'm shot out. And it's like, who cut the onions? Please stop. <laughs> yeah, we, we all have that one thing. Last call is particularly hard oh. for me, too. Oh, my goodness. That was and then the one there's that... our buddy Dave Bray's song that uh, um, I believe oh. is called Last Call, which is, uh, if you never heard it, check it out. It's a tearjerker. It is incredible. Uh, he's a phenomenal musician, by the way. He uh, is amazing. Yeah. Uh, you've remarried. Your, your current husband is also in law enforcement? He is, yes. He is law enforcement. In fact, ironically enough, he w- did uh, orchestrated the flyover of my husband Tim's funeral. He's a police pilot for uh, the Tucson Police Department here in town. So Please tell him I said thank you for his service and thank you for, for your service as well. Our, our first responders, they don't serve alone. Their family members pay a price especially those who lose their love in the line of duty. They, they pay that price for, for the rest of their lives. Right. But everybody pays a price. And it doesn't matter 
And when you go back to this that conversation, I had an interview early on the show with a good friend, Kim Abado Diachella, her husband, William Billy Martin, worked for me in the Baltimore Police Department. He's killing line of duty. And uh, she remarried, and she remarried a guy from our squad named Paul Diachella, phenomenal guy. And he retired from Baltimore Police Department. He's working in law enforcement for another agency. And I'm just, I couldn't be happier for, for the pair of them. And then Billy's son is now a Baltimore police officer. And, wow. Uh, so having a conversation with her, she's like, I didn't want him to do this. I was scared to death, but I thought it couldn't happen twice. And he's doing very, very well. And uh, they're some of my favorite people. Please oh, check out amazing. that interview. So your experience, unfortunately, with uh, Tim's death, you had the funeral. And then I can't begin to imagine what that's like to having so much scrutiny, so many people involved in your life all of a sudden. Yeah. And then when it's all over, they all go away. And then it's finding the new normal. Right. Exactly. It's very easy to be distracted those couple of weeks that, you know, there's officers 24 seven outside of your house and your family members are here and you have people from out of town and, you know, and, and so you go through that week of the planning and, and getting everything ready for the service and you do the service and then they, you know, they stick around for a couple of days, make sure everything's okay. And then, um, it was, it was kind of, it was very jarring for me. And I just remember this so clearly that one morning I went out to get my paper and there were no squad cars parked in my driveway anymore. There weren't media trucks down the street. Uh, you know, there was just my car in the driveway and my children in the house. And I remember just looking around and thinking, what the hell am I going to do now? Because it's, you know, it's, it's just that moment when you realize, holy cow, I have to keep going on feeling like this. And so, uh, that was, (laughs) that was a tough, that was a tough day. Um, you know, when you have kids, that helps you a lot because you, you have to maintain a normal, you know, some normalcy for them, a normal routine. And so that helped me in some ways. But um, it wasn't until I met another uh, surviving spouse that I realized that there were other people who had been through the same thing. And that was hugely life-changing for me. And that's for concerns of police survivors. That's, that's Correct. what yeah. they she do. Was, she was a part of the Arizona chapter. And um, we actually, I, I didn't go to Concerns of Police Survivors. She walked into a restaurant that I was managing and was <laughs> wanted to do a surprise party for her husband. That's how we met. We didn't even realize who the other person was until we started talking. And, and she was a part of the Arizona chapter of Concerns of Police Survivors at that time. And um, she was like, I, I know exactly what you're going through. Let me help you. And so she did. She's become one of my best friends in the whole world. And um, she took me back to Police Week and, and helped me honor Tim that year. And, uh, and then just kind of, after a little while, brought me into Concerns of Police Survivors. And I have been a part of that nonprofit for over a decade. That story, you can't even call that coincidence. It, it's one of those, I, I call them God's anonymous miracles. That's I don't know we say that all the time. Yes, yeah, God had a hand in that one, no yeah. question. What, what are the odds of that happening? I need to book a, a party at this restaurant. And by the way, my spouse was killed in line of duty in law enforcement. Oh, oh, and yours yeah. too. That, that, that just that doesn't happen. 
That's like in a movie <laughs> script, and, and it, no one would believe it if you saw a, a B movie made for television. No, that that can't happen. It's so true. It was. It was because I never would have sought that out. I just I was so new in law enforcement. I just didn't realize all the resources out there. You know, and, and when you have an event like that, a lot of times, and I, a lot of us, and I know that a lot of other women would say the same thing, we really isolate because it's very unique. It's a very different experience. It's so public. There's so much media, and you kind of want to hide from that. And, and I didn't like it when people recognized me because your face is all over the media. And, and so finding somebody else who knew exactly what I felt like was, was just stunning to me. So, but look where I am now. It's amazing, and, and she just... That's, that's she, the beautiful part about this, is that yeah. in spite of all the pain and tragedy, you have found a, a life that, and this a term that's way overused, that, that is your new normal, and it's, from what I see, or from what I know of you, pretty good. It, it is. And I, you know, I mean, I think I, you learn so much from circumstances like this, and I used to tell, when my boys would struggle with this, because they did for many, many years... You have a choice in how you respond to these horrible things that happen in your life. We, we can't avoid them. Terrible, terrible things happen to everybody every day. But it's how you respond to them and what you do with what you learn from that that means something down the road. What's old saying is that when it rains on the good and the bad, and, and just there's no avoiding these tragedies that come along with life. And life in law enforcement... You're going to get damaged. You're going to get injured. You're going to have some psyche change, some emotional changes. All that's inevitable. And for far too many, we have catastrophically injured officers that go on trying to find a way to live afterwards. It affects their family. And then we have those killed in line of duty. And all of them bring their own unique sets of challenges, which I can't even begin to find a way to get that information out. Oh, it, it's, it's difficult. I mean, I, I think it's so... It's the civilian public just doesn't understand. They don't understand the day-in, day-out trauma that these officers face on, you know, every single day. And, oh, you know, it's... I, um, we talk about it a lot in the military, but we don't talk about it as much domestically. But these guys, you know, they have a 26-, year year career exposed to that day after day. Right. And I think people just don't understand the kind of toll it takes on on people and their I psyche. Think and, and people their- are are unwilling to comprehend or acknowledge how violent our society is, and and how much. Because if we do, then then all of us are in danger. And and it's better to have the boogeyman, which doesn't exist, and to realize that it's the crazy lunatic guy down the street that can take you out. Right, and I, you know, and I, and that's the problem. Also, I think with with media today and and our access to seeing only small snippets of of certain things the things that police officers and the military and first responders in general have to deal with the general public probably doesn't need to know about it yeah i think they're better off it is not not pretty and if people really understood and comprehended how bad things are not all the time, and certainly not all the population. It's a very small percentage of the population. I always say 1%. Right. But if they really comprehended how bad that 1% is, they would never sleep again. Uh, Sherry oh, Graham sure. Potter, I appreciate you coming on the show so much. People, go to our website, lawenforcetoday.com. You'll see lots of articles from Sherry. And she is kind of our fitness 
expert, for lack of better words, and uh, you're a triathlete and all this. And you've got, I think the heading is on a menu, Skinny Cop. Is that where your yes. articles fall under? Yes. Well, thank many, you so much. Many for, of them do. Thanks for coming up on the show. We'll definitely have you back again in the future. Sherry Graham Potter, thanks so very much. Absolutely. Thank you, Jay. It was my pleasure. If you want to tell your story, feel free to contact us. We'd love to have you as a guest on the Law Enforcement Today show. We made it so easy to get a hold of us, too. There's many different ways. Go to our website, lawenforcementtoday.com. You can contact us on our Facebook page. Heck, send me an email. My email address is j. that's J-A-Y, at lawenforcementtoday.com. Thank you so much for spending part of your day with us here at Law Enforcement Today. On behalf of everyone associated with the show and the website, this is John J. Wiley. Until next time, see ya. Thank you.